0: the topic of choice podcast this podcast is focused on the fun whether it be technology movie reviews pop culture or anything else that catches our fancy each week the host joey police discusses the topic of choice with different guests they'll dive deep into their personal and professional views and takes on the subject of the podcast and sometimes the state of the world However, the host and the guests won't take any topic too seriously. What a great change to today's world of podcast. So if you're looking to have a little variety in your weekly listening routine, then hit the subscribe button and read us. And now, here is Joey Police. 17. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Topic of Choice podcast. The music provided tonight, courtesy of my guest, Jarrett Dueling. Jarrett, how are
1: you? Doing well, Joey. Thanks for having me.
0: Matthew is in the uh, studio tonight as well. Matthew, how are you?
1: Good, Joey. How are you doing?
0: I'm well. And then, of course, producing, as always every week, My my great thanks to Hunter Mitchell. Hunter, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Doing well. So tonight, I'm really looking forward to this uh, discussion. It almost didn't happen as Jarrett uh, was just telling me that he was asleep, and I had texted him, and I and I woke him up. And he, you should have seen him at the at the door. I knew he didn't want to be here tonight. But Jarrett, <laughs> thank you so much, bottom of my heart. Thank you for being my guest tonight on the show.
1: No problem, and uh, I'm glad you could come. So <laughs> thanks for having me.
0: There's a um, there's a little history that I, I, I before we get into what we're going to discuss tonight, just learning a little bit about you and your company and your business. Um, Jared and I met, gosh, Jared, how many years?
1: 12? Must have been 2009, 2008. I think it was. Must I have th- been.
0: Yeah. Yep. So um, Jared has been a longtime web client. And over the years, you know, okay. we, we've gotten to know each other and he's a good friend now. And, and... uh we started his website back in the Flash. You remember Flash, Matthew? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Macromedia yeah. before it was acquired by Adobe. Yeah. And um, we did a full Flash site, and, and Jared enjoyed what what the result was of that. And I think you started to get some traction with it. And then we'd, we've we gone through now. We just launched your site on Friday, your new site, which I'm about to plug here in a second. But how many iterations now? I, th- I want to say th- this is the third or fourth.
1: I think probably the fourth, joy. Fourth now. iteration,
0: yeah. yeah. So he doesn't like it though after our, you know, four or five years come up and I say it's time for a new a new overhaul because either the tech is outdated. Um
2: or Joey needs a new car. Or,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's probably about it, eh? Yeah. 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 When
0: that invoice comes, I know he doesn't yeah. like it. But uh for those of you listening, uh on your mobile devices, your your laptops, wherever you are, if you want to learn about what we're gonna talk tonight, go to DuelingStoneOutfitters.com, and that's D-E-U-L-I-N-G StoneOutfitters.com, and we're going to talk a little bit about what Jared does. It's fascinating, uh, maybe not in his world, but in my world with its technology and such. Uh, what you do is is pretty cool because I know <clears throat> I know people that do you know auto work. I know people that do you know legal or or CPAs. Uh, you're the only person that I know that does what you do. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say right now, Hunter, do you know any idea? You want to take a guess what he does? No, I have no idea. All right. I'm, I'm on his website right now, though. It's freaking gorgeous. So good oh, job, Joey. Well, thank you, Hunter. I appreciate it. <laughs> <that>. Brand new. <laughs> it's brand new. But uh, Jared, if you will, tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Well, okay. Um, up in the Yukon, up in Canada. It's in Canada. It's not in Alaska. Um, what I do is I take individuals hunting, Um, for a number of big game species, uh, we offer 12 day trips in the Yukon, backpack, horseback, or a boat trip on a lake or river. And we offer trips for doll sheep, stone sheep, moose, caribou, grizzly bear, wolf, and wolverine. So, uh, people pay us a bunch of money to take them and live like a homeless person for about 12 days.
2: (laughs) Homeless people that are armed.
1: Yes, armed, and uh, (laughs) they get cold and wet and miserable. um, Wow. I just want to be armed
0: with a camera. These pictures are gorgeous.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we do some photo stuff too, a little bit of fishing stuff, but primarily our business is the hunting aspect of it. So um, it's not for everybody. Um, It's quite unique, Um, but uh, I feel very fortunate to... uh, To have that, um, there are very few places left in the world. You can get away from your cell phone, the TV, um, and and your computer. And, um, what I really, there's a lot of aspects I enjoy of it, of, of what I do, but I really enjoy seeing our clients and guests come and decompress. Um, we get a lot of attorneys and we get some famous people and that kind of stuff that very high paced lifestyle. About day three, you can see him just decompress. I actually have a very good client here in Lexington, and uh, he gets off his blood pressure medication when he comes up there. Wow. He calls it therapy. It's wow. therapy, son. I don't have the accent down right, but, yeah, uh, um, yeah they just decompress, and it's uh, it's pretty – It's re- I enjoy seeing that, you know.
0: So. That's got to be really rewarding. And then how long – are you in the Yukon? I know your guests come for 10 to 12 days, as you were saying, mm-hmm. but how long do you spend there with your family? Or How does that yeah. work?
1: Yeah. No, I, uh, I spend about six months of the year up there. Okay. Um, I can't convince my wife that 45 below is that bad. She just won't believe me. So <laughs> winters are out of the question, but, uh, um, I'll, I'll go back a couple times during the winter months. I'll, I'm actually headed back next week to do a skidoo trip into camp and haul supplies. But, uh, uh, yeah, I usually end up there in May to, you know, mid-October, November, depending on how the season goes. So I'll okay. be up there. So my wife and kids head up there for a couple of months, uh, uh, be up there in June, and they usually come back uh, for the start of school here uh, beginning of August. So
0: I was sitting this weekend with my son and his buddy uh, in our backyard, and we've got this little stone wall. And they got their pocket knives out, and we're just out there whittling, right? Just whittling some. And I thought of you, and I thought, yeah. <laughs> your boys are probably at that age. So I think our kids are close in age. My oldest is 13 in this month, right? Yeah. And how old are your boys? Uh,
1: we just had birthday yesterday, so the youngest is 12, and my oldest is 14. Okay, so, so yeah, 12 and right, 4 is
0: right, yeah. right in that range. I mean, t- uh, correct me if I'm wrong, do these boys know how to gut a, a moose? <laughs> do they know how, I mean, where the kill shots are? They, yeah, they are probably very well- educated in that
1: in yeah, the world it, it's uh what i appreciate and it's kind of unique to my wife comes from a non-hunting background yeah like i mean total city girl um but we live off wild game that's we know where our food comes from eh? and everybody's on this organic craze and the rest of all that kind of stuff that's why a wild game is um it's really healthy organic
2: yeah what's that Matthew 100% organic yeah I mean, I mean, yeah there's
1: no farming no industrial. no zero stuff. so that's what our freezer we don't buy beef I don't have anything against beef we've got a lot of friends that are farmers you know <laughs> I have nothing I have no problem with that but our freezers filled with moose caribou deer elk or whatever so if
0: you're making is. burgers though in the summer what kind of meat what kind of meat is it Uh, moose. Moose meat. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to invite
1: myself and I want to try a burger. I should have brought something for you and all all sorts of stuff, but, um, yeah, that's uh, our kids know where the food comes from, you know, and, uh, we handle it and package it ourselves and, um, I, I take pride in that and and it's, it's just nice to know where your food comes from.
0: Yeah. How did you get into this? How did it all start? And give us a little bit of background of your, you have a sports career as well.
1: A little bit of one, yeah. Um, I'm from Canada, we don't have much going on there, so I was fortunate <laughs> enough to be a hockey player, um, and I kind of uh, got shipped all over North America, um, ended up in Kentucky, uh, married a girl, and we know the rest of the story after that, so... Yeah, I was going to say, his his accent is definitely not... No, no it's our, not, it's Kentucky. not southern Kentucky. or eastern Kentucky. Oh, no, I'm definitely a foreigner, so... Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to play professionally for seven years. Um, uh, married a girl, have a couple of kids, but this I grew up in a hunting background and it was something, even when I was playing hockey, this was what I wanted to do. Um, I thought the idea of getting paid to go hunting, I'm like, man, it doesn't get better than this. No. So, or I thought so at the time, at least. Um, so it was something I always want to do. So when I actually was playing hockey professionally, I guided during the off season and it kept me in really good physical condition. I do backpack hunts up in the mountains for two months out of the year. Um, you know, you're hauling around 80 or 100 pounds on your back, 10, 12 days at a time. And uh, so my fitness testing was all pretty good, but it was something I wanted to do. And uh, after my hockey career was done, I continued guiding and um, was able to purchase my own area in 2000. Eight two thousand nine would have been my first season.
0: So you came to me when you had just purchased. You started right. out, okay. Yep, All
1: right, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, you got me up with the website, and um, we uh, rolled on from there. Been pretty fortunate. Um,
2: so so you actually own property, and that's what you hunt on.
1: Yeah. How it works in in the Yukon in Canada is um, I have the exclusive right to take non residents hunting in this ten thousand square mile area.
2: Holy cow! Ten thousand square miles. That's- Ten
1: thousand. Yeah. The way do you see the pictures?
2: Shoot. I mean, it is magnificent.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty incredible. Like <clears throat> I know one of my camps is like ninety air miles away from one of my other camps. Like it's it's pretty neat oh to my see. Oh it. gosh. It's vast country. Yeah. There's lots that I haven't actually stepped foot in. Really. I fly over a bunch of it. There's still parts I haven't even seen, and I've been in. I've owned it, what is that, 11 seasons now and guided for another six prior to that. So I'm pushing 20 years and I still haven't seen the entire area. So um, I don't own the area, own the ground, but I I have the right to take non-residents hunting in that area. We can build cabins and that kind of stuff. And um, um, But it's uh pretty spectacular country, very mountainous. Um, there's just nobody there. And like I said earlier about the cell phones not working and the rest of that kind of stuff, it's just... When you're out there, the next closest hunter might be 40 miles away, 30 miles away. It's, wow. uh, or the next, not even hunter, just human being. So there's just not much out there. There's no roads. And um, it's like going back in time.
2: So yeah, I think, Joey, I think you and I see an op- entrepreneurial opportunity here to run cell towers in this
1: area. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would use them though. That's the problem. There's no one there. Bears and moose don't carry cell phones. So
0: I'm, I've got it pulled up on my phone. I'm, I'm just looking at some of the images from from the mountain. When you say mountainous areas, and you also have talk to me when when you and I were going through some of the images. You, you, There was a horse image. A bunch of horses were there, and you looked at one. And you're like, yeah, but that one's a real jerk.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, chief. Yeah. so
0: you guys, you, you, who who tends to the horses while you're here? Yeah, you have you have individuals within your company
1: that that help you run this. Obviously, oh, absolutely. While you're yeah. while
0: you're not there.
1: Yeah, correct. Um, I have a very nice couple, Al and Kathy Stannard, that uh, board my horses. Okay. Um, I run a boat. What do I have? And I just bought six or eight more of them. I think I've got about forty head horses that we use for this. And so in the winter months, they'll head to the ranch there and get fat and lazy and spoiled, which they deserve. And then, uh, summer months, uh, mid July, we load them up in the trailers and drive them up the road. And we have about a three, uh, about a three day trail in, depending on which camp I'm sending the horse Mm. crews in and they'll spend the, uh, will spend from mid-July, and we try and get out of there by the first week of October when it's wintertime and yeah. lakes are freezing, and there's a pile of snow in the mountains, so we got to get those horses out when we can. So
0: so you have um, the seasons that come in, and then when you're here, I know, and I know this based on the, the information that you send me, you go to a lot of trade shows.
1: Correct. Yep. Yeah, a lot of different <laughs> hunting conventions. Hunting conventions. Kind of yep. Right. So, um, yeah, there's uh, most of them are out west, but the okay. Star Club International... Um, um, FNAZ, Wild as Sheep show. Um, yeah, there's different conventions like that. So,
0: but is that where you're gaining a lot of your, are you doing that for a marketing standpoint or, uh, it may, might be all of the above or to mm-hmm. look at new gear, what's, what's new and upcoming. So like if Matthew and I go to a, a, a convention or a trade mm-hmm. show, um, a lot of times it's, what's the new gear, what's the new tech, yeah. what, you know, so how, how are these working for you?
1: Yeah. It's a, number one is marketing. Yeah. Um, so do you like, have a booth? Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. So we do that kind of stuff. I think in any business, um, if you're not seen, you're forgotten pretty easily. Um, but there are, there are gear stuff as well that, um, we, we pay attention to because, uh, I think years ago I set you up with a company, you were doing some, um, yes. outdoor sort of, obstacle course or something. Eh? Oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, So yeah. it hooked you up with a smart wool or whatever it was, I think it was, but uh, I used marina wool.
0: It, I used yeah. it this week actually oh, for you? a run yeah. that I did early yeah. in the
1: morning. Yeah. Well, I still use it. Marina yeah. wool. So yeah, there's where you always kind of pay attention because we have to be very careful what we use up there because we're so isolated. Right. Um, yeah, we have it, to have very good equipment. There's no store that,
2: Yeah. Yeah. There, if you get you something know? that fails or something that doesn't work oh. as advertised, then yeah, you're stuck with it.
1: You're cold, wet, Absolutely. miserable, and you got to worry about hypothermia or something like that too up there. So, so,
0: so speaking of that, I'm, I'm going to jump into a, a quick to, a side topic of this is, are you, what kind of, have you had any first aid issues where somebody might jump into th- hypothermia and you've got to be somewhat trained to to
2: handle some of this? I don't, yes. I don't think he wants to talk about this. Yeah, that. that no, that's he's like, like, "Wait a second. Yeah.
1: We did have a one-legged Larry. Yeah, you gotta be careful. My kids and I were talking about cell phones and texting and driving and all that stuff, and three minutes later, I hit today. So, anyways, oh, it, did yeah. You? Anyways, oh
0: man, I'm sorry. That's I'm okay.
1: all right. It's just that's life, right? Yeah. So, Anyways, yeah, we we all uh, we all have first aid. Um, yeah. Obviously anything serious, you know, you, you have to, we carry sat phones sat phone. and then there's these other little things in reach. Okay. Um, you go by text message, okay? A satellite text message. So all my crew have that, but we've had our, our share of medical emergencies. Unfortunately, we've had, you know, I, actually, I had one of my hunters actually had a stroke on top of a mountain in the middle of a snowstorm blizzard Man. that. You know, it was, it was awful. Uh, fortunately, we, well, unfortunately we couldn't get a helicopter in, but you just throw them on a horse and get them a camp and we were able to get an airplane in and guy made her all right and everything's safe. And good. Um, but you know, you have various cuts and, and that kind of mishap. I mean, There's but the, the
0: stuff that's standard that you would think that, that would come the, the accidents, the, yep. you know, within that kind of environment for that duration of time. But, but for, um, like you said, the, the hunters that come in, where you're able to see a physical change when they're there for, let's say, like you said, day three.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's real. Physical and mental. Physical and mental. Absolutely. And and too, like I know on my sheep hunts, especially on a backpack sheep hunt, we'll have guys lose 10, 15, 20 pounds in those wow. 10 days because you're exerting so much energy climbing these mountains. You can't eat enough mm. to recruit the calorie loss, right? You're just burning so much. And so it's, uh, it's the ultimate weight loss program too. If you need to lose you extra pounds, come on. You, you might
0: come. have a little side
1: uh, thing I here. Absolutely. I thought about doing it, but yeah. then like, you know, you worry about somebody having a heart attack or a stroke or something <laughs> like that too. And you're, you're a long ways away from medical treatment. So, but, so uh,
2: jo- Joey, can I just ask you? Yeah, please. I, I mean, are, are you a hunter?
0: I am. Well, okay. Hang on. Let me qualify that. I like hunting. Do I hunt a lot? No, because I just, I don't have an opportunity, yeah. but I grew up hunting, um, pheasant geese rabbit squirrel uh, i've never been deer hunting and i've never been turkey hunting no big game no big game but it's not to say that i wouldn't i would love to but i just you know that just wasn't in my dad took us the fa- fowl you know
2: hunting mm. all the birds yeah and uh it was a lot of fun yeah how about you okay uh very very yeah, similar thing my dad uh was a a grouse hunter and squirrel hunter but in so yeah i went with him a couple of times we lived in the woods when we grew up but yeah nothing ever like this and so i'm really curious as to like can you step us through uh, from 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 when a client comes to Mm -hmm. you to to when you know the actual hunt starts what's the process and 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 how do you go out there and how do you get back
1: yeah it's planes trains and automobiles it's something else because it's your weather dependent which People don't really understand if, hmm. if you can't see in those areas, the only way, it, sorry, I got to go back. Like it takes us three days to get horses in the camp and those horses are there for the season. Our hunters and crew, some crew, it's only accessed by float plane. Wow. So if you have terrible weather, it's blowing 80 miles an hour, it's snowing sideways or whatever, like planes aren't flying. You're stuck until the yeah. weather clears. Yeah. So that's a big obstacle, and people can't wrap their minds around that. Yeah, you're supposed to fly in on September 5th, but— It's not like Delta. It's always tentative, <laughs> right? So you might be stuck in Whitehorse for a few days or in camp for a few days as well. So that's, that's part of it. But, yeah, so we offer—I call guys if you're calling. It's a 12-day trip. It gives you hunt, 10 hunt days. So you get to Whitehorse, Yukon, fly in on float plane, land in one of my base camps spend the night there, you know, have a meal and kind of wind down.
2: So, and, so, so the first night is in a in, in civilization, more or less. You've got a cabin, you've got... a
1: Yeah, got we in, call or it or town. Yeah, we got about six or eight cabins okay. there. And um, I don't let my hunters know this or have it, but I've actually got satellite in my camp for Wi-Fi and that kind of stuff. But I don't let my crew and... Hopefully they're not listening right now. Absolutely. They ask, (laughs) they see the dish eh? and they're like, what's that for? It's like nothing. TV, you know, so. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it's not for you. So Just for Jarrett's Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Joey knows how I love (laughs) social media too, but another topic. But yeah, uh, yeah, so they'll come into base camp, have a meal, shoot their gun, make sure it's on and all that kind of stuff. Um, Next day, the boys will go out and get the horses um, because we free range them. We put hobbles on them and they go eat grass and all the rest of that kind of stuff. So boys will bring them in. They'll pack up the horses. And so one crew will have nine head of horses, four pack horses. So they have these little boxes, panniers on them and put your tent and all the food and all that kind of stuff. And off they go. So they could have a, anywhere from a three to 10 hour ride to the area. Depends on the species they're going to hunt in the area and all that kind of stuff. But they could have a three to a 10 hour ride to that camp. And they'll set up their tents and all that kind of stuff. And that's their home base for the 10 days. So
0: so I know that some of
1: these hunts, there's no guarantee. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. You, and because you can't. It's you, a true wilderness hunt. So when a guy books a hunt with me, I'm like, okay, you've booked a hunt with me. You haven't booked a kill. Right. Okay. Two different things. You, you've booked a hunt with me. It's not a high fence pen where they're going in and blasting something. Right. If that's your thing, fine. That's not what we offer though. We offer a true wilderness hunt out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it's awful, but we've had guys that have come up there spend all, because it's quite expensive to come on these trips. Sure. But they've spent eight, nine days in a tent, mm. bogged in for a blizzard. And you can't move. You yeah. can't, you don't go hiking around or anything. You get lost and you're gone for good. You just, that's the sort of situations that can happen up there. It's there. We can't control them. I don't know if it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. It's a financial loss to me, but that's, yeah. that's what we offer. So but it, that's transparent going into the, to the hunter. You would think Joey, <laughs> you would think, but it's a different time. Now there's a lot of entitlement and okay. that kind of, there's different attitudes in today's society, Yeah, you know, and uh, different upbringings. So sure, sure. I really try and let the, perspective hunter know prior to booking that hey this could happen absolutely you know this this and this and if Mm -hmm. and i put it i'm doing all my final invoicing right now and i put in a big paragraph again here you know if you believe because you've booked a guided hunt that it's a guaranteed kill please contact me i'll refund your money because that's not what we offer
0: okay and you've i mean you've obviously over the years 20 years and now you've you've learned how that that As many years as they, you have to put that in there.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I would rather, you know, I want to exceed an expectation than not need it, you know, because there's a lot of time and money involved in these hunts. I've had guys pay me over four or five years for some of these trips. And I tell guys, it's not all profit here. I got to make this very clear, but you got to have 30 grand to come on one of these hunts. Okay. Minimum.
2: Oh, but but you're saying you have a layaway plan.
1: Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. And- they go up from there. Okay. So okay. there's, there's, they depending get, on the species, right? Like it's, it's anywhere from 30 to, you know, 50, 60 grand okay. that these guys are spending on this type of trip.
0: Okay. So let me ask you this if I can shift gears for a second to now the hunt and interrupt at any point if, if there's another question, <coughs> but sure. this is where my mind just went. Mm. We were talking at one point years ago, I think the movie Jurassic World had come out with Chris Pratt. Oh, right. And, and you know where I'm going
1: with this. Yeah, I and remember. He, I actually remember this. <laughs>
0: he had a rifle. And I remember, I think I contacted you. I said, you know, yep. do you have you seen this rifle? Have you looked at it? Because the rifle that Chris Pratt uses in Jurassic World, it's just, it's a great looking rifle. And I think it's, a, tell me about that first. And then there was a story, I think, that went with when you had to use it. Yeah. And if you don't want to share it, I get it. But now <laughs> I put you on the spot. Yeah. But, but let me see. So, so you, you, first of all, what kind of rifle is that?
1: To me, it was a lever action rifle, but it looked very similar to what all my guides and myself carry for bear protection. That's what it was. Which yeah, would have been a Marlin forty-five seventy yep. lever action. So. Yep. Yes. Yeah.
0: So, if somebody comes into your hunt and says, "Okay, look, I want to kill," let's say that they're they're after a bear, mm. and it's been they just want to. Do you know the territory well enough, or or? how you just can't can you just go pick a bear i mean if how do you know how does all that work
1: if where to put them and right what to go after right. yeah um we have certain areas within that ten thousand square miles any of it can hold a grizzly bear there but we have certain areas that just have more bears a higher density so i will try and place that individual that really wants a grizzly bear in those higher density areas to try and find a big boar grizzly
0: are you on alert the whole time when you're there or is it just Alert, you
1: know, I guess you have to be, you always are, like your senses right. are like high tuned, like just to the max. Yes. But I feel more comfortable out there than I would in certain large cities in North America. Okay. Um, but, and I always tell you guys this too, I have a great big grizzly bear that has walked through my main camp for the last four years in a row and he just, he hits my meat shed all the time where we, because- <laughs> And this is something too, I think we, because there's a huge misconception, this this big nasty word, trophy hunting. Yeah. Okay. People really need to educate themselves on exactly what those words are. Okay. So we offer trophy hunting. Yep. That's what we do. Now, trophy hunting is trying to find the largest and in our case, the oldest male animal there is. And when we do, and we'll just use moose as an example, we try and kill them and when we do we are legally and ethically mandated to take every bit of meat yes. that we uh, uh, that is uh, you're
0: not just harvesting
1: no there's one thing and walking well, yeah, away yeah you're not shooting something taking the horns and saying uh, and leaving yeah. all the meat like that is i don't know anywhere in north america where that is legal right you know and that's you know you hear about the stuff in africa and too and i have a lot of clients that's that not in africa you're, that, you know, that meat goes to, it's always used, you know? And that's, so we offered this trophy hunting thing, but it's some of the finest eating in the world. And, and uh, we take every scrap of it, you know, so um, it's, it's wonderful stuff. And uh, it needs to be more people need to be educated on exactly what trophy hunting is. So it drives me crazy because even trophy hunting, we actually use more of the animal than what a meat hunter would. We actually take the cape and the antlers or horns because the hunter wants to do a mount on it or whatever too, where a meat hunter is just going to leave the meat in the, hmm. or excuse me, going to leave the cape and the antlers in the bush and whatever, you know, depending on where you are and the legalities of things. But yeah, we actually use more of the animal. So if I'm on
0: your hunt and, and we, we uh, are able to take down, a uh, let's say a moose. Yep. Are we eating that night? Are we having moose?
1: You can, but I always tell guys, like the tenderloins is your filet mignon, your backstrap, and that kind of stuff. I always try and convince guys, guys, let's just hang it for 12 hours. If you can hang it for 12 hours, it's going to be some of the finest eating on the planet. Because if you shoot something and try and eat it within five hours or an hour, it's pretty tough. It's got to cool. Meat you know, we're talking about that great steak, how to make a great steak yeah, and all that. Yeah, I yeah, found yeah. it really interesting. Now, Did I you listen to it? I've listened to about half. I okay. didn't get the whole thing, but. The meat podcast. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. That's right up my alley. But <laughs> because it's how you handle that meat, if you're going to leave it in the dirt and yeah. and not take care of it properly, it's going to be some of the worst eating thing there is. But if you handle the meat correctly and hang it, mm-hmm. especially when it's cool and you give it 12 hours, man, it's going to be phenomenal. the best. It, it's it's on, it, you can't explain it. I actually just went to dinner with a really good friend of mine here in Lexington. And, uh, he came up a couple of years ago, brought his son fishing and, you know, we, we were actually at Malone's. So it's yeah. really good eating. Yeah, you know, sure. Good beef. And, and we've been to a bunch of other places that are excellent. He says, you know, some of the finest eating, the best steak I've ever had in my life, Jarrett was, I uh, is at Connie Lake eating stone sheep? That was the most phenomenal meat I've ever had in my life. And it's just, uh. If it hangs properly and take care of it, it's, it's incredible eating. And I, a lot of people, too, with wild game, you know, goes with your podcasting about meat, but especially wild game, you actually have to add oil to it okay. because it's so lean. You, wild game isn't marbled. Because there's no fat. You got her. So you actually, one, don't overcook it. or mm-hmm. if it's tough and chewy, but you actually add oil or some butter or something, and yeah. if you're marinated... Before you barbecue or whatever. Yeah. Cook it medium rare, but add oil to it. And it's just, uh, it's incredible.
0: Have you ever had, Matthew, any, any kind of wild game like he's talking about?
2: No, no. no. I've, I've had deer before. <clears but throat> yeah, no, never any big, big stuff like that. But, but it does lead me to a question. So uh, a moose, how, how heavy is a moose?
1: <laughs> that is a great question because every time I walk up to one, I'm like, what the <laughs> heck are we going to do here? A big bull in August. And we've got the Yukon, Alaska moose, which are, there's three different subspecies in North America. There's the Shires Canadian and then Yukon, Alaska. They're the biggest. So a live bull bo- or, you know, on the hoof, you know, it could be 16 to 2,000, 1,600 to 2,000 pounds.
2: Wow. So, so this is a one ton animal and you're out there with a group of guys
1: and some horses. A group. Sometimes it's just two people. So, the, work, the work begins when you shoot a moose. Yeah. It's now, all fun and it's, games until you, you a shoot paycheck it. <laughs> yeah, when it drops, it's like, then the back gets a workout in the arms. But like I tell guys, if we're doing a horseback hunt, I need three, at least three pack horses for that moose boned out meat, about 600 pounds of meat, boned out.
2: Uh, so, okay, so in other words, you're removing the bones and just, just taking the meat with
1: yeah, you. Okay. Absolutely. And like uh, a hind quarter, bone in, 130, 150 pounds. It's a big chunk, That's, man.
0: <clears throat> Does the hunter assist with this? He has no choice.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> I'm not doing it by myself. <laughs> he has no choice. You know what? 99 percent of the guys, they you know they want to get, they in, there. get yeah. in there and, and they we have to. You have to have help because they're such a massive animal and there's yeah. so much meat to take care of that you need the help. So, you know, they'll hold a leg or something when like I use an ax and a knife and all sorts of stuff. You get after it, you know. Oh and um, Have your boys helped you do this? You know what? I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. Um, I have, they haven't with the moose. I've actually tried to get my oldest boy a moose the last two years. Yeah. And his guide has been terrible, which has been me. So <laughs> I've skunked them two years in a row. So I should send him with one of my other guys. So we've had limited time and that kind of stuff. But, you yeah. Um, know, yeah, they've been in enough with me with deer and elk and different animals but i do need to get my oldest boy a moose this summer so
0: jared put to rest a theory that i have there was a movie with liam neeson help me hunter the gray was it i think it was called the you're on your own on this one all right i think it's called the gray and yes thank you here's so it's an alaskan uh oil company and what his job is is he is a sniper to take out wolves that attack the crews okay and you've sent me the pictures to update the website, Joe. Here's the latest season. And I see pictures of these wolves. Mm-hmm. Their paws are as big as your chest. I mean, well, maybe not as, I mean, they are, they're big, they're big. They're yeah. not like my yeah. dog.
1: No, they're, they're quite, they can be,
0: they can pretty. be large. So how are wolves in the wild like that? Do they? You know, are you hunting them or are they hunting you? How does that, you know, <laughs> how does that work?
1: Yeah, no, um, they're definitely not hunting you okay. at all. Like that's that's um, a
0: lot of Hollywood there.
1: Oh, 100% Hollywood. Okay, yeah, we are definitely hunting them though. Okay, absolutely. but I will say, you know what? Um, with wolves, if you hear a wolf howl, it's one of the coolest sounds in nature. Mm. There are a few things in nature like a, a, a you know a loon. I think that's an incredible sound, but a wolf howl, it's it is it's a true sign of absolute total wilderness when you hill a wolf. Have you ever recorded it? You know what? I haven't. Try and no. do that this season. We'll yeah. put it on the site. Yeah, absolutely. We have, <laughs> but usually I'm grabbing a gun, trying to shoot the bugger. So <laughs> Anyways, uh, we have a lot of wolves where yeah. we're from a lot of wolves and they eat sheep, moose and caribou. So we really try and like keep. population control. We try to, but we just, um, okay. there's so many of them. You can't get ahead of them. Hmm. So, but uh, they're a very intelligent animal. Uh, they're beautiful, and um, uh, I wish we could get a lot more than we do.
0: The sheep that you that you guys are, ha, that you hunt, I've always thought they were called rams, mm-hmm. but they're not.
1: Well, the male a male sheep is a ram. Okay, what the is the, what is the dull sheep then? Is that just a species? Yep, absolutely. There's four sheep in North America: the uh, desert sheep, Rocky Mountain. A uh, stone sheep and a doll sheep. Okay. We're fortunate in my area that I have both. I have two stone and a doll. Okay, we're fortunate to have that.
0: And these are the two that you see on the the wilderness where they just come at it, wham, and the, you get yeah, the great big horns. The and great big, they're, big horns trying to crack yeah. each other's skulls open. But but
1: have you have you seen that before? Have you seen that happen? Oh yeah, absolutely. You Hear it too. The sound is it's really? amazing, and it's actually it's pretty neat. They actually have a big fat pad right behind their horns. eh? And that acts as a bumper to Is it like action. a is it
0: like a um like a padding between, Absolutely. like a, okay. right
1: behind it. Okay. And I think that just absorbs that shock from the, all the power when they walk one another because it—it's incredible how loud that is, and um, they really—they get after it. I've seen—I've seen, I've
0: seen some where they—they they just go up on their hinds. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're getting ready to come down, heads cocked, and
1: wham! Absolutely, it's a, the sound you just hear it throughout the valley. It's—it's it's really unique. I bet that's something else. It is. Yeah, they don't. Our sheep won't rut until November, so we're out of there. But. When you watch a mature group of Rams, they're always testing. There's a leader, eh? And <clears throat> it's constant battling, kicking, fighting. And uh, they, somebody always wants to be in charge, right? So they'll, they'll hammer one another at any time of year. But it's really prevalent come November when the rut's on.
0: How are you handling from a day from, like, sun up to sundown? Let's talk about um, Water. All right. First of all, I'm curious as to how are, are you putting your heads in streams yeah. and drinking? No, or are you question. canteening this with? Are you bringing in Aquafina? Yeah. You know how how does how does your hydration work?
1: Yeah. No. Good question. People are amazed, but we can drink just about any out, out of any stream, river, or lake that we have up there. Best water in the world. Say,
0: how is it? Is it just it's amazing? Incredible.
1: Yeah. There's only one thing you got to watch: Jardia, <clears throat> fever fever. It's called uh, prevalent with uh beaver feces and human feces for that matter but okay um that's i've had one two reports out of two different camps where we've had that over the years um but um i'm still not sure exactly because there's only one individual in each camp that got it so it's hard to who knows what happened but anyways generally any any bit of water up there it's the finest stuff on the planet
0: it's incredible
1: yeah yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. How's Very the,
0: Tell me a little bit about the fishing up Excellent.
1: there. Excellent. Yeah. Um, what are you fishing for? Uh, we've got three species of fish, four actually, where I am: um, grayling, pike, and lake trout. So somewhere lake trout can be 30, 40 pounds. A lot of fun.
0: That's
2: great.
1: Yeah. Grayling's yeah. phenomenal to eat, too.
2: Do you fish, Matthew? I have a boat. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> and, and I have fishing nets that my kids dip down into the water. They sprinkle uh, crackers on the surface of the water and a little bluegill come up and they, and they scoop them up. <clears throat> don't, need, don't need a fishing license or anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the extent of it. Yeah, no, I don't have the patience for fishing. No. No. What, do you?
0: I, I enjoy fishing. My in-laws have two ponds on their farm. And so there's uh catfish, smallmouth, a couple of large mouth. And then um, I think that's it and, and bluegill you know so we we go to the farm and we'll fish in the in you know whenever the weather permits uh, usually my fishing now and it has been for the past couple of years is i'm putting the worms on the hook and then i'm taking the fish off the hooks yeah, and mm-hmm. untangling and, lines and untangling yeah, lines yeah. and and we have three kids and so and my wife <clears throat> my wife's actually good fishermen so but she's you know to this day like she'll catch something and she looks at me like Yeah, you're taking it off the hook, you know, so I do that. And then I've had the unfortunate, you know, every now and then you get the the one fish that swallows the hook. And, you know, my kids looking like, you know, daddy, you're going to are we keeping that one? Oh, we're going to throw this one back, you know, and I'm ripping the guts out as I take that hook out. But that's that's uh, right now. That's my fishing. But growing up, my father took my brothers and I, we would go up to northern Michigan to Lake uh, the the Asobo River. And it was a three or four day we would put in at the top of the river. And we would canoe and camp for three days. And we would just fish and camp. Some of the best memories I have.
1: You said it right there. Absolutely. And it
0: was just, it was so much fun. And, yep. and it's
1: something I want to do with my kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And uh, that's that's what our trips are. I love it when I have a father-son or father-daughter, uh, mother-daughter, whatever, anything like that. I think it's wonderful because you're creating memories that that child will remember for the rest of their life. Yeah. Incredible. And I Love think it.
0: there's also what you're 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 building on top of that with not just memories but to an extent life skills. That's are learning. Absolutely.
2: You know. Well, yeah, I was just getting ready to ask. So, if someone signs up with you, do you provide all of the the uh, the firearms and all that kind of stuff?
1: Uh, we can generally guys bring their own guns or okay. bows or whatever they're going to okay. do. So, but um, so
2: generally, if someone's hiring you, they already know how to how to shoot.
1: Yeah, we don't get too many first timers on this type of trip. Um, I guided fifteen or twenty years ago out in Colorado and uh, for, at an elk and mule deer place and. There were a lot of first timers. I remember the outfitter telling us, "Like, hey guys, when these guys show up, make sure they have the right bullets for their gun." Oh and wow! It yeah, like, it was like, I was yeah. like really? I, I wasn't used to that because we just we get very experienced hunters, you know. Right. So, um well, so that, yeah. in other words,
0: at that caliber though of of your type of hunt, you <laughs> know, meaning they hopefully they've had some kind of hunting experience. Sorry to interrupt you, Matthew, but
2: no, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, for, for, first timers need not apply to something like that. Exactly. This
1: well. What, yeah. what are your thoughts on that well yeah I, I would think it'd be really hard if you if you're not a hunter like how you just say hey i'm going to go to the yukon and yeah. kill a grizzly bear you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just usually somebody's a deer hunter or an elk hunter or something like that first and then kind of worked up to yeah you kind of that's that's their kind of dream to go to a hunt a type of hunt like that but um um it's not to say we haven't we just don't have very many inexperienced hunters it's it's uh when you get to that level and that kind of money involved too. It's it's um yeah. guys that are pretty hardcore.
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah. But as you said, it's also a, an entitlement culture to some degree or another. And so I'm, I'm just curious if, you know, someone like me or you would, who I, I've never shot anything large at all. Mm-hmm. If all of a sudden we were like, hey, I have money to burn. Yeah. Let's call up Jared and go bag a Grizzly. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> we can and, do it and, this spring. You know, as long as Jared hands me the gun and tells me which one, you know, which which trigger to pull, <laughs> you know, I can take care of it.
0: But but to Matthew's point, there was something I had talked to you about a couple of years ago and it never panned out. It's still something I have in the back of my mind is doing yeah. a trail in.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Talk to me about that. That might be something that, that listeners that don't want absolutely. to hunt, absolutely. but they would experience
1: what you have to offer without yep. the, without the hunt. Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. No, like I said, we do a, a few different things. Hunting is the majority part of our business, but, right. um, when we go in, in mid July with the horses and you got to trail in 60 or 80 miles, whatever it is, we do have some people that will come up just for that trailing. Right. And it's pretty cool. Cause generally too, like the end of the season. Like it's hang on for dear life because the horses know it's the end of the season and they're getting out of there no matter <laughs> what. So hang on, they're no done. Fly. Yeah, absolutely but come july they're pretty fat and lazy <laughs> and just like the guides in the outfitter and uh, it's pretty slow going but you you go through some mountain passes and the train is spectacular you usually see some wildlife on the way in as well and um, so we've had guests that have trailed in and it's a pretty unique experience and then when you get to camp too there's usually some fishing and that kind of I
0: was going to say yeah what else could they expect like if they if we if if we ever did we could fish absolutely could, yeah yeah, yeah well, do some hiking
1: kind of oh absolutely And is
0: it is there a potential to see some of the wildlife
1: oh absolutely yeah. yeah as soon as you jump even on the way up there the road but uh yeah as soon as you jump on your horse there and start in through these mountain passes on that three-day ride absolutely okay uh, sheep moose bears everything wolves you just never know what you're gonna see it's pretty unique that's Beautiful. awesome absolutely and then come later on in the season too like july is 24 hours of daylight up there too right eh? Oh, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty unique. So And then come so mid-August and all that kind of stuff, Northern Lights pop out and all that oh. kind of stuff. So really, really pretty. I've woke up many a hunter in September, middle of the night, to, hey, come on out and check these out. Northern Lights are out. So a lot of guys haven't seen those. I've
0: never lights. seen the Northern Lights. I've Incredible. seen so many pictures and yeah, videos.
1: Amazing. I, you, it probably can't be described. No, just, you just can't. Yeah, it's like lights in the sky. Whatever. Right. But, but wait, until you, you see, see them. It. Yeah, <clears throat> and they dance and stuff too. There's different colors and all that kind of stuff.
0: You know the scientific Beautiful. reason why, Matthew? I do. Oh, I was hoping. Go ahead. Go
2: ahead. I knew. I knew you probably would. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was originally going to be an astrophysicist before I became you know, a computer guy. Yes. But yeah, it's the uh, the uh, uh, magnetic particles streaming from the sun going into the poles, and it's exciting the magnetosphere or something like that, something along those lines. It sounds right. Yeah, That's close enough to me. But <laughs> sure. But yeah, yeah, it has to do with the uh, yeah uh, particles from the sun. Yeah. Uh, yep. Entering the Earth's atmosphere at the poles. Um, but yeah, so uh, really quickly though, um, are you above the Arctic Circle?
1: No, we're below. Okay, yeah, absolutely.
2: And and you mentioned the horses a whole lot. So is being able to ride a horse a prerequisite?
1: To- not really. No, okay. I. You know, my kids when they're two, three years old, have ridden just about all my horses. They're old trail horses. As I
0: was gonna say, they're probably not going to take off and. They're
1: still horses, you know, <laughs> they're still there, horses. We, have our, right we have our odd rodeo. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know, there's a pecking order on the trail, right? Just it's they're just like kids. Everyone's got their certain spot. But yeah. we've had many people that have never touched a horse or very limited. So, yeah.
0: Guys, the site is DuelingStoneOutfitters.com. May, Ger- dueling. Yeah, go ahead. You may want to re-spell. Yeah. Dueling, Dueling is D E U L I N G, then stoneoutfitters.com. Check out the website. Contact Jared if this is something that you've been uh, wanting to do, put it on your bucket list. Uh, can't recommend him enough. Jared, thank you very, very much for coming in tonight. We've yeah. been Keepin', keeping you My up pleasure. tonight for talking to us. Uh, Matthew, thank you. And as always, Hunter, thank you. Guys, be sure to go to uh, wherever you get your podcasts Spotify, iTunes, Google. Uh, be, be sure to rate, review, listen. My name is Joey Police. This is the Topic of Choice podcast. Thanks.
2: Ain't afraid to
1: fall.